This episode of Adventures in Aurelia's Nightwatch is brought to you by Gabe and Jeff of Interparty Conflict, Chai Kai, Fred on Fire, Avora Dawn, and Zach. On Patreon, you can join them in supporting our show through patreon.com slash adventures in Aurelia. Hello, and welcome back to the Nightwatch. Now that we have completed the second arc of the Aurelian epic, we have gathered here again to chat and discuss what's been happening and ask questions of our DM Damien that he may or may not answer. Also, if you have any questions or comments of your own, please get in contact with us either through our email, feedback at adventuresinarelia.com, or on our Twitter. The info can be found on our website. So, sit back, chat, and maybe get a few answers. Okay, so this arc has been... Actually, before we get into that, let's go ahead and go around the room, just because that's what we do here. What are we doing around the you're, room? You're Chris, and oh, you I'm play Chris, paladin. Oh, I'm Chris, and I play uh, Rem, the human paladin in this group. I'm Krista, and I play as Ariel, an Asmar divine sorceress. I'm Chantel, and I play Kanina, a tiefling sorceress. And I play Tempest, a water genasi ranger. And I'm Damien. I'm the dungeon master. So, um, Chantel, you have the best notes. When did we start recording this? <laughs> scroll, 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 I have scroll, it right scroll, here. scroll, scroll. Oh, okay, Krista, when did we start recording the uh, Aurelian Epic? Uh, arc two, January twenty seventh. January twenty seventh. Oh, it is twenty fifteen. <laughs> no. <laughs> 2018, and as we are recording this night watch, it's what, November? Is it the 16th or 7th? It's not midnight yet, so it's... 17th. 17th, 2018. Almost one year ago, we we started recording for this arc. It has been a long journey for us with a lot of stuff happening this year, like... Marriages. A wedding. Yeah. (laughs) Engagements. Engagements. It was not plural. It was just one Vacations. I mean, other people <laughs> have gotten married. Yes, there's been well, other marriages that have prevented things from I mean, happening. in our group. People getting sick. People dying. Yeah. People. We went to Disney World. Yeah, vacations. It's been a... Renaissance been a, Fair. Yeah, Renaissance Ooh, Fair. Renaissance. Long, full year. Full of growth for us. I mean, there's been a lot of changes in new the podcast jobs. itself. Yet new, almost, yeah. Almost everyone works a different job than they did when they... S- started this year yep. yeah either they do not work who they put or previously employed for or they're working new except for damien except for me and like the the podcast itself has grown a lot over the year i've learned a lot more about editing i've gotten more serious with editing discovered some plugins to make it sound nicer we all now have new microphones so we sound beautiful beautiful chatu katu and others and my <laughs> lovely wife, who purchased the first, no, the second, the second micro- one microphone, and our Patreon, who pay for all who the helped, helped <laughs> over did. time. They're currently helping us either pay for character art or new audio gear. So, <clears throat> this arc started with our adventures leaving the uh, the guild of adventures in riven on a little side mission to uncover the secrets of some dwarven artifacts that they had discovered 
It took us a year to do a side mission. I was a different <laughs> character at the very beginning of this arc. <gasps> oh, yeah. That's a new change, too. Yeah, yes. pretty much just the first episode. Yep. yep. <laughs> yes, Caitlin was playing. We started with was, Nixie leaving. That was Nixie. Mm-hmm. What, do you think, what do you think Nixie's up to now? <laughs> no. No. We don't know. I don't remember, like, the dates in game to where it is now, but like it's a week. been about a week. She's probably just. Do we? We have. I think she's nightly drunk. Six days. And playing, playing, playing in some tavern, and telling the story of the group. Staying in the city, or is she traveling? Traveling. 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 Going from like town Gimble. to town. Yeah. Telling the epic. Staying in the uh, the region of Chrysal Valley, or getting on a boat and going somewhere. I don't think she'd get on a boat. So for now, she's adventuring around on her on her bardic tail. Telling the story of the goblin in Coboldfield Cave where she killed everything and no one named Gimbal that was ever there. Yep. <laughs> I wonder if she's going to give us like a group name. Are we were supposed to adventurers. come up with the team name. I remember yeah, Kenita talking did. about that, but yeah. And we're like, mm, no. I wonder <laughs> in her in her stories if she comes up with something. Yeah, it's going to be Nixie's Banded Adventurers. She's going to be the only <laughs> named person. It's me. So... Me and these scrubs. <laughs> Nixie and her sidekicks. <laughs> Nixie, Nixie and, her and the Nixons. <laughs> so, yeah, so basically, the whole beginning was, was like half of the first episode was us dealing with Nixie leaving, or at least Kanina dealing with Nixie leaving. <laughs> you guys didn't care at all. Rim didn't really care at all. <laughs> and then, uh,. We went shopping, and you went sleeping. No, Rim took a nap. <laughs> yeah, to be fair, I, th- I think the party had really only known Nixie for, like, three days. Which yeah. to Kanina is a Basically lifetime. <laughs> going to there and back. A lot of stuff happened in those three days, including, like, a dozen people dying around you, but... Yeah, I feel like Kanina probably would have been a little less upset about it if we hadn't gone out and adventured together. But because, you know, we had gone out and... Formed a bond, you yeah, know. Group of well, friendship. we did, yes. you know, we did things where like drinking together and stuff too. Yeah, it wasn't even just. Well, the you adventure. guys drank together. Well, I, I didn't. Or well, that, Ariel didn't. That but. too, but also, um, Kanina was also a fan of hers. Her being, you know, uh, a bard essentially, so she'd just be like fangirl. Yeah. <laughs> I just thought of something. What? Nixie's the first person to escape Kanina's iron grip of friendship without dying. Without dying. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's why she's upset. <laughs> We don't know what's going on with Baron back home yet. Yes. I have plans for that, but yes. Oh! (laughs) (laughs) Do we need to get Chris on the podcast? Yeah, so should we send send Chris the uh, uh, Baron's character sheet? (laughs) Have Chris be a guest! You'll play Baron? Yeah! Baron! 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 Chris, I can't flirt with your girlfriend. You need to get on this podcast. (laughs) <laughs> oh, the look of embarrassment on oh, Chanel's face. <sighs> I feel like she just realized the implications there. <laughs> All right, so we where were we at? You shopped. You uh, you got on. You you shopped. You mourned, and then you got on a boat. We're going to Port Nostal. On, on that note, here's a question that may have some relevance to the next part of the story, so I'm not exactly expecting an answer, but how long has Gimbal been kind of, 
not following our party because I don't know if that's what he's doing, but how long has he been like almost tailing us in a sense? Well, to be fair, you guys <laughs> left, I believe, the morning after you all returned, mm -hmm. as did Gimbal. Mm -hmm. So he also didn't follow you. From what you guys saw, you were just on the same boat and he was hiding. I see. I know Rem saw him. Did anybody else see him, or was oh, it just no, Rem? I just missed me. my check. It would have been only him and I, but I missed my check. Rem uh, saw him on the. I think it was Rem saw him on the boat. On the boat, and then like Rem the also saw him leaving yeah. the boat, going somewhere else, and no one else saw on either of those times. Yeah, because we he was um it was shortly after he done the whole seahorse cooking thing, and then I was helping was out with the kitchen eating? or something, and then yeah, Rem was still lingering there the entire time, talking to people and having a good time. So one of the rare times he's had a good. So with the, the scale of time movement and with where that all fits in the story, you want to know what Gimbal was up to? Yeah. Sure. yeah, yeah, Going home. No. Gimbal was going off to inform uh, Karim's family of his death. Oh. He had a family? <laughs> he was young. He had a mother and father. How old was he again? I think he was in his lower to mid twenties. Mm, wow. I don't know if it was ever explicitly stated, but like the image that I had found to kind of describe him, he definitely looked like in the lower twenties range. I remember the day I met him and he almost sliced my head off. <laughs> <laughs> what a memory. Nina <laughs> <laughs> was going over, she was she was training in the like the courtyard area over at the Adventures Guild and she went over to him, she was being her normal friendly self, and then uh, she startled him because he was doing exercise, and then she was just like, well, hi there, and he was just like, swinging a giant sword. <laughs> with his big ass sword. <laughs> I think I got, like, nicked or something like that. I lost a little bit of HP. I think you lost, like, one point. Yeah, a couple points, one or, one or two points, but yeah, it, it wasn't a big deal, but it was a first impression, to be sure. <laughs> but yeah, Karim had, I mean, he was already one of the, like, the, the most well-respected people out of the um, the Fighters Guild. And he was kind of one of the, like, sub-leaders of the group that had gone. So, especially since you guys brought his body back, Gimbal was going to essentially retrieve his family for the ceremonies. Which will have probably all taken place by the time you guys get back because you still have at least three days of travel to get back to the city and then the days of travel on the boat to get back to... But Gimbal has to travel to his family and travel on the boat. Not necessarily as far as you guys have traveled. But we still have a knoll to find. That's, and well, as I said, at least three days. Three days is if you decide to avoid anything to do with Grimfang, but we'll talk more about Grimfang after, after the boat stuff, because there were some very important things that happened on the boat. Seahorse death. Making another member of the party actually join our party. Oh yeah, that happened too. Uh... It was rough. It was rough getting... <laughs> because nothing was lining up right to get Tempest to join the party. It's like... Like, putting Kanina aside, me as a player was very frustrated trying to get this to work. Yeah, you kept trying to say things, and and Caitlin's like, no, she wouldn't do that. Yeah, what do like, you have to say about that? Like, Chantel um, was trying to get, you know, 
Caitlyn as a player to interact with her, and she was, but her character was being played in a way, too, that was just shutting down. It wasn't intentional. It was just like... No, she really just likes the water. Yeah, you're being very true to the character, but it was also like, the same point. It was just like, we're trying to get you to join us. sounds fun, but I like my boat. Yes. What's funny is we're... But I know I need to get off the boat, but I don't want to get off the boat. What's funny is we're recording this right after I posted the um, outtakes from the session that Tempest joined the party. <laughs> oh, God. That was another major editing thing you had to really patch together because yeah. of the three times we tried to get her to work with that conversation. Oh, gosh. It flowed really well in the episode, though. It did, but God damn, that yeah, was see, so frustrating. That's the thing the listeners don't really get. <laughs> Unless there are Damien, Damien really really streamlines that whole process of yeah. when, you're, when you're here you're like just say yes <laughs> well, and it was Caitlin when someone asks you if you're a god you say yes because you were playing Tempest very true to character which I admired but at the same time it was just like me Chantel was trying to make Kanina be the usual friendly person and make <laughs> friends with you but it's just like Every opportunity was just being shut down. Tempest's well, closest connection ended up being Rem, mm-hmm. at least on the boat. Yep. Yeah, yeah. that was weird. <laughs> yeah. But what I think is funny about those those outtakes that went out was the part where it's like, well, we know she's joining the party because she's got the big the big green PC symbol above her head, and unless Caitlin wants to make a third character, for <laughs> yeah. it's like, that, that character didn't work out. I gotta try again. She's getting off the damn boat. Like, you guys are going to a major city. I can work in another character, but mm. that means that Caitlin's got to make another one. Not with the and way then, we hit that city. And then our listeners, we'll get to go- that. <laughs> our listeners would be like. Is this girl just gonna come up with a new character <laughs> for character every city every they session? Go to? <laughs> that would be Level entertaining. One. I'm the NPC PC. <laughs> you just always play play the added in character. Mm-hmm. That would be Caitlin really fun. That would be. That would actually be kind of cool. Since I can I see like a DM doing that. Since I never put like the effort into backstories and stuff, that would actually be a really fun thing to do. Just though. hand you hand you character sheets. Yeah, like, but this don't is yeah. Really I'm building backstory around you. You just don't know it yet. I know. I have a backstory for Tempest, thanks to Volo or Xanathar. Yeah. What What would be funny about that though, is that's when Rem's just like, "Well, she's not coming with us." Gimbal. Guess what? (laughs) (laughs) Not done with you. Drafted, and then you're playing Gimbal because you know he's on the boat. Guys, Gimbal's here. A bear slayer. We need another addition to the party here. Gimbal's here. I'll go find him. He'll come with us. I thought it was kind of cool that it was made canon that Ariel and Tempest went to the same monastery. Yeah, you guys, you guys started giggling when you like figured that out. You're like, you went to a monastery? <gasps> so did I. Yes. <laughs> My it favorite was... part about that was that was some of the the crazy audio editing. Where yeah. It was just like, yeah. I, we had an out of character moment. It was just like, wait, what if we went to the same monastery together? Yes. And then, <laughs> knock, knock, knock. Hey, Tempest. Conversation, conversation, conversation. Where's the mo- the whole thing is the monastery. That's like the hook, and no one's bringing it up. Okay, scratch that. Let's go back and do it again for the third time. <laughs> Guys, monastery decided this. Yeah. <laughs> I know it's the whole thing. Like we were trying to figure out ways to actually, you know, like hook her into our party, and like 
come up with a common bonding, you know, theme here. <laughs> but it was just like it's her slow burning revenge <laughs> for seahorse death. Probably. <laughs> Someday. I'm gonna murder Rem in her sleep. <laughs> yeah. In his sleep. But on that note of Tempest and boat life and all that, what's uh, Captain Seeks But Not Found's backstory? Is that something we get to know? She... Pirate's not quite the right word. Privateer. But there was a time in her life where she had heard stories involving... Um, islands out in the mist and treasure and she knows the dangers of the mist so she never had the confidence to go out there on her own so kind of her her name seeks but not found is she's trying to find a way to almost like Tempest find this seafaring adventure that, sh that everyone in the area is too afraid to do and that's why, as was just learned in the, um, as you guys were wrapping up with Tempest and Seeks having that conversation about um, the vessel Tintriac's, um, I think I said wind or wing, something along those lines, um, which, is, which is a pirating vessel that has gone into the mists as far as that, like, sailor's tale slash, slash legend goes. And that's kind of what Seeks wants to be, but doesn't have the crew or the skills to do so yet. So her name is just literally based on she's she's looking for something, but hasn't quite found what she's so after. So eventually yet. we could meet her and she'll be Seeks and found. <laughs> I was going to ask, can her name actually, will she like change her name if she actually accomplishes her goal? I imagine that if she accomplished her goal, it would change, but not to something related to being Sikhs anymore depending on you know what they find like mm -hmm. so I had she a who has sailed the mists or something uh, Captain Mist <laughs> um, when we did all of the because I think you covered this we, we did the random rolls throughout the uh, ocean yep what was the worst that could have happened to us I mean, like, I think do, we, does, you said we saw sharks. But we we're going to be going horses. on a ship again. Does he want, really want to tell us now? He could always change it. You tell us after. He could make well, it, and could make it the, even worse. Well, and as the seahorse encounter demonstrated, even the simple things can shake up the whole party and everything. I can murder anything. Well, that could have Bunnies. been like like the whales or something that we saw where we could have just been like, oh, look, whales, you know, and watch them pass by. Uh -huh. <laughs> but instead, we chose to be. From the depths of hell. I stab at thee! <laughs> ah, so uh, what I have written for the roll of a one on that table is a rock. Oh, you guys know all about rocks now. Well, yes. You do? Us as players do. That would have been terrifying. On a boat? Rock, the bird. Oh, okay. ROC. <laughs> Massive, massive eagle. Ah, okay, sorry. <laughs> I didn't make that connection. The rock, the creature. Yeah, yes, I yes, was, yeah. I was like a a rock. I was just like, what am I missing here? But yeah, yeah, no, I know the the rock, the creature. We ran okay. ashore. That's never what he dead. Meant. Ned gets smushed by a rock. <laughs> Giant boulder falls from the sky. I was thinking just rocks like rocks out of the ocean die. that we run aground on or something. <laughs> Titanic. Because I don't think of rock when I think of ocean. You know, so it's just it's one of those things. That... 
I I now just kind of as a joke want to put Rock as uh, as number <laughs> one for everything, but it's like you know, just Rock's fall, you die. That's what happens at a one. <laughs> or you roll a one. You stubbed your toe on a large misshapen rock. <laughs> <laughs> a huge rock lands on your foot. <laughs> but yes, that's that's what I have for the most dangerous thing in the area. But like I said, that doesn't necessarily mean that it doesn't have to be combat. That's just one of those those you've rolled a one and I tell you giant ass, giant birds, ass bird as big as the boat flies overhead. Regardless of if it's combat, all of you as players go, what the fuck are we doing? <laughs> yeah, there's, there's, there's actually art, like if you look up rock, when they had it in Tales Before that it shows rocks Pick pulling elephants and elephants whales, and whales yeah. out of the ocean. I remember seeing the, that classical art because it's just because I was one of those kids who read a lot of like the mythology books with, with all of the details on each creature and stuff like that. Well, and I'm pretty sure that like the, the monster manual gives rocks like a 60 or 80 foot wingspan. Yeah. Wow, but uh, is the the encounter roll scaled like usual, like one being the worst, twenty being the best kind of thing, or is it just kind of crit? Like you have the crit, good and bad, and then everything else is just random. Kind of, but like I like I said, and like I've demonstrated already, even if you get a terrible roll, that doesn't mean it's a terrible necessarily thing. bad things happen. It's more the scale of what you're going to be encountering. Uh. But I mean, like, he could change that, too, so the next time we roll a one, instead of being a rock, it's a kraken. Lava kraken. We all die. Like, like I have 20. Sunny day. Lots of fish. Because <laughs> I've, I've got things mixed up that aren't just, like, creature encounters. I've got a couple things that say a, a storm comes up. Or... That could be terrifying on a boat. Yeah, I do, I do remember you mentioning that there were storm things that could pop up. Yes. Back to the boat. Um... To the boat or off the boat. There was still things that happened on the boat, but nothing super huge. Is there anything else there was anyone some, wants there to talk about visions. on the boat? Is there any, anything anyone wants to address for, for on the boat before we talk to where we reached Port Norsal? Mm. Mm. That the fact that the name of the boat sounds like a, a fart joke? A spring wind. <laughs> That's why I giggled the first time you said it. I was like, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> Because I'm an immature boy. <laughs> I don't think anything. I think it was funny, though, that when we finally did hit uh, Port Norsal, Damien, being the good DM that he is, had spent a good deal of time preparing for Port Norsal. And us being the players we are, went, Holy screw it, later. Mostly because <laughs> it's like the reason, we all know why, but it, the whole reason why that happened was because we had finished all of our shopping before and we prepared before we got on the boat so that we could pretty much grab our stuff and go from then well and it's also yeah. i i have been trying because damien has pointed out on multiple occasions that us as a group tend to linger a lot i was like okay so let's drive let's let's drive this forward and get to the next part that i'm sure damien is ready for let's not hang about and do pointless stuff because damien said he did all this preparation so i figured he did preparations for travel or or the whatever and then come to the end of the thing and he's like all right one week of prep down the drain. Well, it was funny because... <laughs> that made me feel so bad. It, well, I found it kind of amusing in the way because you could tell as we were leaving the town, he was just like, are you sure there's nothing else you want to do here? I was like, is everyone... Are, are we leaving? And it was See, just I like... I didn't know if, he was, if that was because, like... I didn't realize at the time that that was because he had stuff prepared. I thought that was because he was like, really, you guys aren't going to stay? You're actually going to progress? Well, to be fair, a lot of that is, as a DM, it's just like, they're going to go to this town. They like to explore places... 
I need to know what's in this city, this this giant city before they get there. So it's like, okay, what are some of the people that are here? What are some NPCs? What's a plot line that can be going on? What are some areas? What are things that they can come across? What are things they can find? Describe some of the things of the city. Speaking of that and us rushing through Port Norsal so fast, one of the things I was kind of wondering too was, was there any like time limited events that we missed by leaving the town so soon? A festival. Yeah, pretty much. Is that also allows him to save certain things and do? Well, yeah. I like. I mean, because we've gotten more information. Like, I found out more about. Dayton. No. Oh. Yeah. The dude I basically uh first sailed with. There we go. Thorstag. I did say it. Okay. Yeah. Thorstag. I found out that that is a town he frequents. That is something I will be looking for when we go back through the town. So that is something as a character that Nina is going to be looking forward to seeing her old friend. So yeah, but I'm just saying, like now, like he could have had a time-sensitive event, like something that a, a quest will say that we can't really accomplish now because we never we didn't see it. Well, that's what I was but wondering. He can save that kind of plot line and use it again later. That's that's why I like that. Like, well, Damien has mentioned a couple times now that it's just like. There are things going on even without our contributions, you know. Oh, yeah, so like, it's like just in the like, Mivet campaign, the guy I threw out of the bar caused something. Well, and it's <laughs> it's one of those things where that's one of the reasons why even without you guys visiting there, I needed to have that all prepped so that, you know, now that you guys have gone through it and I've done the prep work for it, as you guys come back, I can think about, okay, it's been a week. What has changed since when I first had them arriving to now? Has anything changed in plot lines there? Has anything moved forward? Is Somebody anything... has defaced all of those markings we saw. <laughs> the key? On on the note, too, of us going through Port Norsal. Uh, Norsal. <laughs> I said Norsal because I haven't spelled like that in my notes. <laughs> because of his episode <laughs> title. His name is, I'm going to say, <laughs> Shithead. <laughs> Well, he spelled well, the episode yeah. Nolsol. One of the titles was like now entering Port Nolsol because that was like with how fast you guys breezed through the city, you like got through the city and encountered the Knolls in like a single episode. Oh, this but anyways, um, while we're in Port Nolsol, I had uh, I guess paid attention to the families and such that were there. But like shortly after we had kind of rolled through on our little wagon, um, you gave me an extra inspiration dice. What did I get that for? I don't remember. Okay, you probably did for showing an interest in. Yeah, that's what I was wondering, but I was I wasn't sure cause... because you actually like took the time, and I think you had a good history roll too for it. Yeah, I, I learned quite a bit, and I noticed like the family symbols being around. I do have detailed notes on what the family oh, wait, symbols no. are. I remember what that one was for. I'm pretty sure that that was a time where I said, I need a very important random D20 roll from oh, yeah, I got a nine. one of you. And no one wanted to do it. And you, without prompting, were like, I'll do it. So for I, I think I gave it to you for like jumping in when no one else wanted to. Because yeah, everyone else was so worried Bottle about it. That's well, because I think the last two times you'd done it, we both rolled poorly. <laughs> I do remember there was one night I kept rolling and like, but yeah. Anyways, uh, yeah. Somewhere so I was, I've got notes for what that meant. I wasn't sure because it, it was shortly after I, I took a note on it that I rolled a nine for that. And after that, you had given me the D20. So I wasn't sure if it was because I had taken note of the families in the area and you were glad that someone was actually paying attention to the lore that you worked on or if it was more of a case of the role... <laughs> 
was being, you know, done. So that's what I get for it. <laughs> I don't know. It wasn't, it wasn't super important, but it was just something I had wondered about for quite a while. So when we were at Port Norsal and we had to get the horses <laughs> and the cart. Uh, <laughs> I just read about it in my notes and I'm just like, oh, that episode. <laughs> that episode wasn't the bad one. The one four episodes later was that one. <laughs> Rem is so stingy with his money. <laughs> Rem is stingy with his money. I just re-listened to the Mia Vet story. Yeah. Sug is, Sug oh is also no, it's stingy. Chris. Chris is stingy. <laughs> but he's not really, though. Like, That's... one of my favorite things on my re-listen is you guys trying to get essentially a taxi. I'll give you two. Yeah. And Sug's like, <laughs> I'll give you three gold. And he says, I want six. And Willow is like, okay, I'll give you three gold. And he will give you three gold. Uh-huh. And so I was like, no. If she gives you three gold, I give you two gold. It's like, but you already yep. were going to give up three. <laughs> nope. Well, on that note, too, it's like, I remember, um, like, early, I can't remember if it was from, like, the lost episodes of Miaved, but it was um, Chalul trying desperately to haggle with the alchemist lady <laughs> to get the damn <laughs> prices of the bottles down and him failing miser- miserably, like, two times. Mm-hmm. I remember that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was just like you go to 20 or something like that. And, and then I'll I found out that I was 19. way underpricing all of the health potions. Yeah, like, <laughs> the smallest ones were like 50 gold. Yep. Mm-hmm. So you want to know about the, the horse stuff, Krista? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Princess. What Princess. About no, I was just bringing up, because I was reading about um, Rem paying for the cart and I'm I paid for sure a horse. And Nina paid for a horse. Yep. That whole and, cart and thing is very interesting. Though. Highway robbery. We no. bought that cart. Yeah, mm. it's a printing it. it yeah, I, I, I'm more on the side that it the belongs to The logistics behind that just make me angry. <laughs> <laughs> and I never want to think about it again. <laughs> well, guess what? You guys have to go get that cart back and eventually. No, cause, cause, oh, uh, Ariel's definitely going to make sure she gets princess because she has an apple, I think, and carrots now. So. Yep. The question I have was the were were the knolls pre-planned or was that like a random encounter that has developed into something? The whole thing with Grimfang has existed for since before you guys got there. Um, as for what you guys encountered with the knolls, that part was random. That was one of those things that if you had been if you had spent time in Port Norsal, you could have learned a little bit about the. <laughs> Basically, what you had learned when you got to um, the village of Starin, that basically the same information about it, if you had been exploring uh, Port Norsal, and maybe someone in the city would have hired you outright to go take care of it. We would have been a little bit more prepared, probably, too, before. We were pretty prepared. I don't know. We were, like, full health, full spells, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, there's there's definitely one thing that I even tried to, to tweet at one of the developers... Um, who does sage advice for it. And I don't know how the knolls that I used should technically count for how I use them because I used like whatever I used, they had an ability that gave that like, let them move at 60 feet. Oh, it was the, uh, like the bloodlust. They were anytime there's like a wounded foe or something. It wasn't even a wounded foe. That was just like, like where you'd have the attack action. They also had this action to move, 60 feet mm-hmm. but then they also have 
30 feet of movement because your movement is separate from your action. So yeah. I'm like, does that mean that they get to move 90 feet? Yeah. Because that's like her on, on uh, Willow. She has that ability to sprint. Yeah, but hers, her she has to do it and then stop and then do it and then stop. Where these guys could just do it forever. And one of my things like... Well, technically they're taking a move action moving 30 then taking the like the full action to do that 60 foot move. Yeah. So it's just letting them run as a much larger distance but taking their entire action. Yeah. But it because it happened in the chase made it very made it impossible to run away from yeah those it was exciting ones. it makes it kind of makes sense too considering they're like dog people like they should be able to chase you down i think that was probably one of my most favorite episodes i just like the fact that i got so the much chase. shit yeah it was exploring fun. a field and then getting crit <laughs> like you she's me should have so listened to ariel rem should have listened to ariel and not went in a you went out into the grass. Ariel yeah, didn't want to. I went out like 30 feet, not even that far from you. Ariel. was looking at something was like, and you're like, come back. I was like, okay. And in that moment, I took an arrow to the chest. Yeah, but Ariel told you not to even go out there. No, not because you were worried, because you just didn't want to stop. I didn't want to stop because <laughs> it didn't feel right. And you. You never made it that way. You made it sound like you were like, why are we stopping? It wasn't supposed to feel right. It yeah. didn't feel right. And Ariel had like intuition or something. And she was like, no, we need to keep I mean, going. Is it really intuition when you guys had seen something a conflict in that exact Yeah, and that's area. why Rim was like, Exactly. <laughs> like, she was just like, this is fishy. Let's go. Yeah, but here's well, the thing. Well, to me, as Rim is going to be like, something fishy just happened here. Do we need passing, to help someone? Or passing yeah. through it might <laughs> trigger the event. That's something that even Chris and I had talked about, yeah. too, before, where one of the things that he wanted for his character was the ability to do, like, to help somebody. So I know from a character perspective, That's Rem exactly was, what he did. Yeah, Rem was like, something happened here, and I don't see what happened. I need to figure out if, I can, if someone's hurt that I can help. I'm not saying you're wrong for following your character's thing. I'm just saying that's... Ariel's just like I he should have listened but you, to me. You out of character gave me so much shit for stopping <laughs> and doing what my character would do. Well, out of character, I don't know your character either. <laughs> well, I know, but I mean, it's just like you're like Rim's so stupid. He got out of the thing, got out of the cart, and got well, crit. It's that like, was one of the things. Like me, Chantel didn't want to stop, but yeah. as Kanina, she also was along same thinking along the same lines that Rem was. Where if someone needs help, we need to stop, and it's our responsibility as the Adventurers Guild, you know, members to help someone. So what we've learned is Ariel gives no craps about anybody else. <laughs> Ari well, to be fair, it's been <laughs> fairly clear throughout the whole campaign that Ariel has an agenda. Yeah. Yes. That That is true, and also she was also very much still, I think, her and Tempest were very much miffed at Rem. <laughs> well, yeah. For that, for the whole incident. And um, Ariel had started getting more and more aggravated to the point at Rem that she was just like, you know. Yeah. But I just thought it was Anything funny was going to make like, her Rim, like. Rim it's not like Rem went like for an hour off course. Or anything. He literally like hopped down and was like. No, I, I, I know that. It's <laughs> like. <laughs> well, I'm getting but, shit. Yeah. No, no. But it's you like, guys encountered the, the, the exact reason that I set up the null hunting parties the way that I did. A couple archers for ranged, and then the charge. You guys can fucking run forever. Go get them. They ran. Go get them. Mm -hmm. That was a very interesting chase, how that all played out. It was very uh, hectic and fast-paced. Um, that was definitely something I was almost wondering if we would all die during. Yeah. Especially when the reins got handed to the only one of the only people who didn't know how to drive. <laughs> Yay, Tempest. And that's one of those things that that, that 
running that got so confusing. I like threw half of how Chase was supposed to work out the window. <laughs> and like halfway through, I'm just sitting there thinking to myself that, fuck, why did I make this a thing? <laughs> but then by we by the time we got to the end and everything worked out okay, and everyone seemed to enjoy how it went, but just like, happy with that i think no, it worked no, out good but the whole time that i'm running it and we're like struggling stressful. over okay where are they at how far away are they wait do they really get to do that and just like why did i do this to myself <laughs> yeah i got i got a little bit confused like during it with just like the number crunching of tracking the horses and tracking the turns and then tracking you know the logistics of all of I that, that but i think that would be better now because that was at a time that we weren't using a map or anything at all we were i had a piece of paper in front of me that i was tracking it but now we've got this table that we can get set up to get a map so that i can like write it out if we ever run into one of those things where it's like okay here's the line of the road you guys are here they're here now you guys move and then they move so you're here and here Mm mm-hmm we need to we need to find a cart and horses that I can <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know the way that we move through story, you got about six months before yeah. we return to the Aurelian Epic because I'm trying to make them shorter now that both storylines are introduced. Trying well, to with shoot how for long, five or so episodes per arc now. With how long that I take to paint things. <laughs> I don't know, you smashed out all those ones for the yeah. They're not a, like a and week. They're not even done though. Oh, I know, but you still smashed they're just them base out pretty painted. quick. <laughs> uh, I missed so many firebolts during that battle. Yes, you did. <laughs> Chantel going back through her notes. Fail, fail, fail. <laughs> I, I have a list of like, I miss a firebolt. I miss another wait, wait, firebolt. Wait, wait, Here's the question I have for that specifically to Chantel. At that point, do you think you had remembered to add your spell attack modifier, or were you still doing flat rolls? That one, we had actually been doing it enough that um, I did. Okay. It was after the point when we had taken a break and we had not played for a little while that I was just like, wait. Yeah, I just remember you were like, wait, I'm supposed to be adding this? And you're like, that's why you've been missing everything. Yeah. Were you also remembering when you did hit about your ring? Um, a lot of the times, no. The ring I have forgotten about for quite a bit. I have been, I don't know if you guys have noticed, but I have been laying out my cards with all my specialty <laughs> things. The things that give me, you know, pluses to my, uh, like, a couple checks, and I have the ring that gives me a reroll in damage. Yeah, that's, I've been trying to get better at remembering detailed things, like the inspiration dice. We all did really good about using inspiration no, last no, time no, we played. You did very good by reminding everybody else to use it. <laughs> well, I, I had talked to Damien before about trying to actively remind people to use it, especially because we have episodes where we just don't use them at all where at times where we forget about it well yeah because we get a new one every time we start so it might as well use it even if it's on something stupid <laughs> yeah i've noticed it like i swear when i was reading through the book it says to to give everyone inspiration at the start of a session but i've noticed a lot of dms don't mm-hmm. but ultimately i, I was just, really surprised that you were i ultimately decided after realizing a lot of other dms don't that i wanted to continue with that because it means that it's kind of like with what happens with glass cannon where it's like, come on, give me the bottle cap. No. So it's like, you guys always have that one when we get together. So you don't feel like you're constantly fighting for that inspiration die. I'd say being like, you know, having an inspiration die beginning of every episode until like level five is a level five. You're getting somewhat powerful, but then maybe change it into it instead of like a reroll to a, you know, you get the D6, you roll it, you get to add whatever the D6 oh, no. is to the roll. Oh, no. 
And then after so 10, controversial, nothing. the glass cannon has, has redone there. They did? Oh, yeah. Mm. Yeah, they just changed it. That was in, like, uh, the last month. But, I mean, like, I just think later game, I think an inspiration every session could be really broken. Well, I guess maybe not so much because we don't get inspiration from any other source. We don't have a bar that's giving it out. The DM does give it out, but not commonly. Um, so a full reroll is not bad. That's why I give it at the beginning of the session because uh, there's what sucks is, and it's one of the reasons why, is as I'm editing through things, I'll be like, oh, that would have been a good thing to give inspiration for. But because I'm focused on, I'm focused on trying to keep in mind the four people in front of me, and I've even noticed while editing that sometimes someone's trying to say something, but I'm in that mode that I've forgotten, and then I'm like, I'm editing through, and I go, that's the fourth time that they've tried to say something, gotten caught off, and I totally just just went right past them. And so, like, I'll I'll do the same thing where I'm listening to her, like, oh, that I should have given inspiration for that. I should give an inspiration for that. So doing it at the beginning of every session. You do it retroactively. <laughs> <laughs> You've you collected preemptively. The at the end of the session. To, to be fair, that. if I give it re- retroactively, I'm how many how many weeks behind on editing? So it's like, oh, by the way, uh, a month and a half ago, you got inspiration. You get to use it tonight. Oh, so you know, I'd be like, by the way, a month and a half ago, you got inspiration, but it went away at the end of the session, so don't worry about it. Because <laughs> that's another thing. Like, I wouldn't mind, like, if you were giving out inspiration if it dies at the end of the session too like you don't get a carry over and earned inspiration unless it's like if you're doing like a combat that goes over multiple well it's also sessions. why you get the one if you didn't use it last time you don't get two so you're not stockpiling it is another part of how the look way at that my hand full of inspiration <laughs> <laughs> well because that's that's one of the reasons that glass cannon has had issues with their bottle caps is that's because troy have, can't track them well, they'd have someone that has three of them. So on any time that something super important comes up, it's like uh, across the four of us, we have uh, seven bottle caps. So we're going to use three on this. <laughs> roll, roll, roll. But back to the whole null chase thing. I will say I was very uh, satisfied with how I was able to actually uh, like pull off like all of my grapple checks so far as Nina. Like I was able yeah. to successfully drag... <laughs> Tempest down from the roof or something yep. like that. <laughs> it's the iron grip of friendship we have talked about. Yeah, that's because, like, ultimately, Nina's I don't buff. know Nina's stats off the top of my head, but I'm pretty sure strength. Nina could be, like, anything and be okay. Yeah, because she's, like, 17 strength right now, and I highly considered giving her another point so she can get the extra, like, <laughs> even number bonus. But but I was just like, at this point, it's unnecessary. So. Well, but I mean, like, I, I kind of like the idea that you started off wanting to be a sorcerer. Mm-hmm. And then seeing your stats, you have been like, well, what would Nina be good at? And the way Nina acts, you're like, she'd actually be pretty good as, like, you know, a, a Eldridge Knight. Yeah, I was like, I will be on the fact that I really like the title of uh, Knight. Eldridge, uh, like Phoenix Sorceress Eldridge Knight. <laughs> you know, I think that's really Phoenix cool. Phoenix Knight. But, uh, but it's also the fact that I have been actively looking at her strength and being like, what can I use strength for in different checks in D&D is like things really hard yeah. yeah so so it's just like the just grapple thing that magical sword yeah well the grapple thing was definitely something I've been trying to utilize more often especially since Nina is a very hands-on person she is like <laughs> <laughs> well she hands on and they never come off <laughs> pretty much iron grid <laughs> it's just which it's, 
which I've already told Caitlin, and, and we need to somehow come up with a design for it, but that needs to be like our first big podcast shirt, is the Iron Grip of Friendship. <laughs> but yeah, so it's just like, it is something I want to explore in the future with Nina, you know, maybe going multi-class. And, and You'd be the first person. Yeah, so it's definitely something I want to look into, but I have to do more research on it, talk about it with the DM a little bit more about what it's going to change as far as my sorcery aspects. You nothing. Know. No, nothing? Well, there's a change in spell progression, but that's something that... Yeah, because your, your sorcery spells are linked to your sorcery level, and yeah. your eldritch spells are linked to your eldritch level. Do it after you get level. fireball. Well, no, I, I <laughs> have... That was already your plan. <laughs> oh, well, I have a plan. Um, I'm going to progress two more levels in as, as, as a sorceress. Um, so she's in three years. Pretty much, yes. At the rate we're going, um, <laughs> it will be quite a while before she gets the multi-class. But I want her to essentially get Fireball, which is next level. Then after that, she gets um, another perk for being a Phoenix Sorceress, which is the uh, explosion upon death scenario where she regains one oh, hit point. Excellent. Exactly. <laughs> well, and I do know that, that you guys aren't quite there, but you're like this close to where I'm going to have you guys level up. For these characters. Yay! Yay. I mean, I was, I was thrilled last time about getting uh, Agonazar Scorcher. That was a very, that very fun cool. spell, and I was able to utilize that in the ending of our Knoll Chase. Yeah, you killed <laughs> a lot of Knolls. Yeah, just two, but yes. That's a lot. At this level, two kills in like one turn is a lot. Yes, but... That's huge. Yeah, but I, I was very satisfied with a being able to use that, because I like the big flashy fire spells for Nina. It is very, you know... Is very her. Very flashy. <laughs> yes. So with her uh, flaming mantle going, <laughs> burning the entire top of our rented carriage. I do very much like how you added that in to be a part <laughs> of it because you. Rem I remember you asking me specifically, like you're 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 casting mantle of flame on top of your wooden wagon here, and I was just like, yep. Oh, I I had that 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 was going in my head. Mm -hmm. The second, pretty much the second that Rem got off the cart was like. This cart that they rented is getting damaged. There's no way out of it. <laughs> yeah. So, I, like, all the things, like, as the gnolls were firing at you guys and missing. Arrows and on the sides. Like, and... Just like, yeah, gotta think about all this is damaged when they get to and, the... And this is quite funny, because this is after I had updated my spell. So I got, you know, like, Agonazar Scorcher, but I got rid of Mending, because I had never used it. And I was just like, I'm not going to use this. Get rid of it. And this is a case where it would have been very helpful to repair the damage that Nina had done. Because I do remember noting when you had asked me if I was going to cast Mantle of Flame on top of this wooden cart, I was just like, she's chaotic good. She's going to do what needs to get done <laughs> despite causing damage around her. Yep. Just burn it all to the ground, sort yep. it out later. Yep, 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 yep. But, uh... We'll pull the leftovers out of the ashes. <laughs> she is a phoenix, after all. <laughs> but yes. When we got to Starin after that, and, I mean, like, we had the big... The big debate with the the wagon stuff. Yep. Mm. Was there other stuff that you had anywhere planned in that village? Because you had like, I mean, you had a little tiny village with a blacksmith and a carpenter and all that kind of stuff planned out. But it seemed like, I mean, like when we rolled into town, we ran into like the the mayor or whatever. We ran into the wagon lady and we ran into the blackguard, or I ran into the blackguard. You did, yes. And then the innkeeper, which I'm pretty much sure everybody runs into an innkeeper into a town when they stop there. Well, when you stop and visit the inn, yeah. yeah. So <laughs> you tend to run into inn but, I mean, like, Other than that, I felt, I mean, it, I, you did, it's not like, you know, I don't think it was any fault, but like it felt barren. Like there was nobody around. Like we didn't see anybody, didn't really hear anything. 
Like well, it was literally we ran in like four people, and I was like, I just got this feeling. It's like, I'm sitting there, I'm like, is this just the same person putting on a different beard and a hat? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, some of that's my own fault for not describing the environments that that well. But no, I mean, stare. It's it's a small village, but it's a fully functional village. Um, the thing is, it's mostly a gateway for Sterengeld. Like it, the main reason that Steren as a village exists is to give a house for the Blackguard at the bottom of the mountain so that if the lift ever comes under attack, they're in a walled environment that is fortified to protect the uh, the lift. And as... As opposed to the guys, giant storm stone golems going up each tier? Well, and you guys were talking... Um, I think it was either Rem or Ariel stopped and noticed something odd as you were approaching yeah, the Rem. gate. You notice, and, like, the magic doors yeah. or whatever. And um, the mayor mentioned that, oh, those are the golems. Hopefully uh, hopefully they're not necessary. So it's like that That whole village is mostly there as a defense mechanism for Sterengeld. But there's outskirts all around that village, which is where all of the, like, the townsfolk would live. Mostly on, like, their own farms. But there's it, like they've got their um, their blacksmith, their their woodworker, their leather worker. Like they've got craftsmen that live in the village. That which gives, makes sense because it's like the hub. Yeah, it gives that central location. And like I'd mentioned when you were looking for certain foods, that they would have market days there. So I guess a lot of that is partially my failing to adequately describe the environment you guys walk through, but. Also, that it is, like, the village proper is very low population. It's more the families that all live on the outskirts. Well, I, I personally felt like you described it, like, adequately. And that I, because, you know, just Nina being who she was, she did actually ask the names of some of the people she met and that kind of thing. But, uh... Yes. <laughs> Always asking <the> <laughs> I'm sorry, DM. <laughs> you just need a button name generation. Go. That's but, why I keep a list of names handy. And then sometimes I don't prepare a list of names and it's like, fuck. Calvin. His name's Frank. But yes, no, Tom. Calvin's been twice now. Tom. I've used Calvin twice randomly. But anyways, um, kind of rolling on discussing defensive mechanisms and rolling back a little bit uh, during the wagon trip back to... Uh, the town, Nina had had a bad dream with the dragon <laughs> of the story. <laughs> and uh, whatever during... are you talking about? <laughs> mm. <laughs> what? Keep what? going, keep going. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yes, anyways, um. Nina had cast her mantle of flame during the whole dream situation, and I had asked you if it I, if I had actually cast it somehow, and if I was able to use that ability when I awoke. But uh, you said we'd have to see. But uh, since then, I've slept, so it would have recharged anyways. Did I actually end up expending, you know, whatever energy was necessary to use it? Nope. Okay. Yeah, just just checking because I mean you ended up with no like nocturnal a... emissions for you. <laughs> but yes, I guess it would be a nocturnal ignition. 
but okay so that was one of the things but also uh nina had sent off a letter to help pay for the damages we had done to the cart and also addressing the fact that she was trying to get help for miri and evander's village the two uh, cooks she had met on the ship mm -hmm. so to that degree like was she effective in delivering her message is that something that we can expect to be answered or is this just something she's sent it off like a day ago well yeah but is this like something that's actually going to do anything or is this just like me sending a letter and just going to be like eh, whatever you guys <laughs> might find out when you reach the guild hall just don't that forget to ask nobody again. We reach the guild hall. That, that is where you sent the letter. So as you arrive, you may be arriving to a, oh yeah, we took care of that for you. Or you may be arriving to a, who the fuck do you think you are? Yeah, I, I was I was kind of wondering about that because it's just like, it's like we're Fucking still spending our money <laughs> and shit. It's like she does know like she's part of the the guild of adventurers, but. Also, because she's relatively new there, I don't know Rune's how... Rune's been trying to drum up business. You guys left. You were here for like two days, and then you <laughs> left and just expected us to pay for your problems? No, we left like, hey, with your credit card. <laughs> that you could hire to come do this for you. So it was one of those things that it's just like, I don't, I don't know. But no, you, you did send a letter, and I'm sure that if you guys return to the city, you'll... If you, if you ask about it, or if the DM remembers to bring it up, you'll, you'll Nina hear about it. Yes, I will remember. Do you remember the letter? Nina remembers the letter. <laughs> Pepperidge Farm. Yeah. Well, I still have notes about what I have to do before we leave Starin. Because <laughs> I, I was going to get like confirmation or something or other. But yeah, yeah, well, you, you... yeah she, she wanted a, a like delivery receipt that the um, whoever takes mail and stuff into the city had done so. I was trying to remember, besides me, who paid for some research time. Uh, that was uh, Ariel. Okay, so yeah. Ariel was actually I was trying the to do it first. Yeah, and then, I originally did well, it, no, and you did added on like, to it. it on, she's like, I'll do it for a week, and Rem's like, well, I had a second week. Yeah. It was kind of funny, because I've been work. I just edited that yeah. episode a couple weeks ago. I just re-listened to that one. takes time. Well, it, it was funny, because cause you were wanting to, like, Ariel wanted to pay for them to do some research, and Ram was like, no, we'll just have the guild do it. And Ariel's like, no, I'm paying for it. And then Ram's like, you're not paying enough here. I'll pay for some, yeah. too. <laughs> She's like, I'll pay for three days. It's like, what are they going to do? It was a week. <laughs> it was a week. Well, I know, but I mean, like, that's like, still to him. He's like, they showed, like, the mountain of stuff they had just found. She's like, they can read that in a week. It's like, let, let's give them two. It's like a, a term paper. They need some time. So about three years. <laughs> but... Uh, so when we decided to do this side quest, this year-long side quest, <laughs> uh, had you already made the decision on what you were going to make the, the jewelry and the pendant? Like, because you've made them nope. a lot more than I thought they were going to be. Nope. Is that a, just kind of a spur-of-the-moment thing or a couple of days before preparation thing? Or No, when, when you guys decided, that, like, when you guys got on the boat and decided, I started thinking about, okay, what the hell are these things then? <laughs> I thought it would be hilarious if you got there and be like, what is this ugly-ass shit? See, you know, I, that, that was <laughs> a Like thought. a child made this. That was a thought, but then I'm sitting there, you know, like we it's said. It's just a rock. Like we said, this is an arc that has been going on for a year in the real world. It's like, man, that'd be an epic dick move to I let know. them travel all this time, spend all this real world and game time 
all these podcast episodes traveling to this dwarven city, and the dwarves just like the ultimate troll. Oh, yeah, you can buy them for five copper. They're right there. Yeah, but see, that, to me, that's still <laughs> funny because they, we still got the the knoll quest. That we need to do like an April that. Fool's episode like that. <laughs> just for places. But no, there there is a short story that will go out when the final episode of the arc goes out to. Explain like later. I did with Cassian's Dishonor will be some backstory to essentially what this whole arc ended up being about. Okay. But I started yeah. writing fuck, like six months ago mm-hmm. when I was deciding what these items were. It's like, this is what it is. Okay. On that note, will we f- actually find out uh, what happened to the king's daughter? Like, did she actually die in that, that little short story of yours? Or Your characters won't, but you as players, when you read the short story, will be able to find out. Because the king himself doesn't know what happened to his daughter. Other yeah. than the fact that since you found these items, he assumes that they are either dead or so lost that they might as well be. Yeah, as as far as my character is concerned, Kinina, you know, thinks they're pretty much dead. But it's it's like me as a player. It's just like, well, we kind of left out in the open in a sense. So I'm wondering if she actually died or not. I mean, but. with what we learned as characters, Rim kind of figures they're dead too, because those were both items that. Yeah, we didn't uh, find them in a good place. <laughs> well, yeah, they were, well, they were being held by goblins or kobolds, and they're both items that I don't think like somebody would just drop. Yeah. Or get rid of or throw away. It's like that's the kind of stuff you keep on you. Yeah. Considering how precious they were, you know, and how, like, like we had seen, you know, this was, like, a master piece that he had spent years trying to perfect, et cetera, et cetera. You know, it's just like, this isn't something. It was something. the seventh ring? <laughs> I think it was the seventh, the seventh iteration of it. And the I nine. Mean, the, the guy that, that uh, made it when you guys had talked to the jeweler was, like, the person that made this could have taken my place when I passed. But mm-hmm. he fucked up. Yeah. And now I gotta keep working. Asshole. Uh, are we ever going to be attacked by a mustachioed golem? <laughs> I won't say never. <laughs> never DM, say I, never. I can't say never. <laughs> I just thought it was funny. We, we're recorded. I can't say never. Like he's like, we draw a mustache, and you're like, okay, and started noting something down. I was like, oh, that's bad. Mustachioed <laughs> golems. No, I think if that was going to happen, it'd be more of a, and the lift's going down. Click, 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 click. <laughs> 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 or just stop. Why does no it be funny? Like the next did. time we go up, it's like it becomes a thing like the gum wall. So every time people go up, they draw something else on the gum. So first it's mustachio, then it has eyelashes. Ariel's gonna draw boobs. How do you draw boobs? On a three-dimensional object. Parentheses, space, period, space, uppercase Y, space, period, space, parentheses. Close parentheses. Do, do either of you guys have Tempest's real name in your notes? Yes, Reina. I was very I satisfied with that name. name. <laughs> I was very, very satisfied with that name. That, that was funny. Being, being I haven't gotten to water editing that yet, but that was funny. <laughs> I was just like, Reina? <laughs> it's yeah. a water pun. Yeah, it was like the pun master... Not writing down a pun. No. I was so delighted when you actually came up with that name. It was just an entirely like a coincidental thing that it happened. To yeah, you that. searched random generators for like five minutes and then decided on Raina. Well, no, she and searched and was like, "Haha, Raina," and everybody's like, "That's it." <laughs> she was like, so no. suitable. Cannon. 
That was amusing how the king put you on the spot. <laughs> it's just like, uh, <laughs> a name? That's something I've been what? wanting to do for months. <laughs> yeah. Because I'm just like, the, the at least the lore that I've gone with for how the Genasi... Because I think it's even written in the Monster Manual that they start to like show it's, their elemental side at puberty. Yeah. That like, you weren't born Tempest. Unless your mom was a super hippie, you were not born Tempest. Yeah, had a name. I, like I think it's funny because to me it's like, okay, so her name was Reyna. She became one of Genasi, so she needed to pick a new name. So she basically picked, like, it's like she opened a thesaurus to rain. <laughs> Tempest. Or Storm. Okay, what's what's something for Storm? Tempest. I like that one. Too tempestuous for you. I mean, that's probably how she came up with the name in the first place. Yeah, that's why it's fun. <laughs> But uh, uh, speaking of like backstory and all that kind of stuff, it was amusing, you know, how I actually did realize that Nina doesn't actually know Ariel is a, something other than human. Well, we kind <laughs> well, of like we've discussed it. We have since, but in just that her eyes glow. Like she's it's just not, not completely. Yeah, because you said, "Are you human?" And she and she was like, mm, and like didn't say anything because I think you asked her straight out. Oh, I was asked by like the bar person whatever it was the innkeeper at yeah. whatever we were staying at and they're just like you had commented on our party members you know and, and then like, we're mostly human well no, it's like the no, com- no. the th- somehow the comment was made that like i have human parents and you have human parents and she has human parents mm-hmm. Rim has human. well like i think that was all out of character I, yeah I, I know what you're trying to talk about was um I think it was when you guys got to Lyft's end where it was just like, you're a strange party of a human, a demon person, yeah. a water person, and... Uh, Glowy eyes over there. And, and you were just like, I think she's human. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because um, I don't think Kanina honestly knows that she's something other than human. And, and you, know, you just the whole think that magic... all holy people have glowy white eyes? Well, well, with the whole magic thing, <laughs> she might not realize that that's part of her race and not yeah. some... <laughs> she just has 24-hour dark vision cast. Yes. Her eyes actually only glow when she's doing like, they they have a subtle glow, but they don't glow glow unless she's casting her magic. So it is or something. Or when you decide narratively that they're glowing, because you yeah, do like that a when lot. she's like furious or you do that a lot. It's, it's when like, her emotions she are looks extreme. At you and her eyes are just glowing. <laughs> yeah, it's like emotion, like extreme emotions. Then it's like that could be some weird magic thing, you know? It's like if she doesn't. It hasn't really been, we haven't gone into full details of your past. Like, she has found out snippets through your conversation with Tempest about you being in a monastery, that kind of thing. She knows that you're kind of, like, uh, not a super social person. Speaking <laughs> but, of discoveries, like self-discoveries, we all know that Nina's uh, a tiefling. <laughs> the finger guns with the eyebrow wiggle. We all know that Tempest, like the first, we met Tempest and we're like, you're green and your hair's doing a weird floaty thingy. Bluish. Turquoise. Yes, there you go. Turquoise. And then we're like, and then Ariel's eyes glow in the dark. And then at, I don't remember how it came out, but that Rim was standing there and you guys finally saw him and you're like, you have very large scar oh in the bathhouse yeah, when we were all spa day. Day. Yeah. the spa day we had with rem <laughs> i can't believe we actually made that work with all of us doing a group spa day like what the hell <laughs> i was like i just want to take a shower hey 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 that's the adventures in really a beach episode okay yeah there you go yeah. no it's the spa episode there's it's the hot the hot baths episode yeah there we go. uh but i was just sitting there and i was thinking in my head like we've each discovered something 
I mean, like they, like they say, you know, there's no D and D uh, character that doesn't have some sort of shitty past. Like nobody comes from a, a well-adjusted family in D and D. You're usually either an orphan. Your parents or, are all dead. Yeah. Well, it's one of those things you that makes away. you like. I've had to think about that a lot because I didn't want to get in a situation almost like how Tempest had, where it's just like I don't have any reason to leave where I am. I'm going to stay right here. <laughs> so that's why I've always thought of like what would drive them to leave where they're at and to go adventuring. Well, I just also think it's funny because <laughs> Nina, as a as a tiefling, as it's been kind of shown, like people don't trust or really like tieflings. Yet Nina is the friendliest person you can meet, and I'm wondering if that's almost like her defense mechanism to being. Uh, that's even come up. Uh, yeah, treated badly but because Thurin, she's deeply. Theron, I think, was like, oh, yeah. you're one of the good ones. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then <What>? Tempest, <laughs> Tempest, I feel like, you know, like, she might have been a well-adjusted person until she started turning bluey-green. And then, like, like, it was just like, oh, God, I'm not normal. And she's never really recovered. And then, well, Ariel's Ariel? just sheltered. Ariel doesn't actually have a bad home life or anything. You grew up in a monastery. No, well, she only left to go discover herself. Well, I know, but I'm just saying, like... Well, I think it's, it's also... It's not like you, you grew up to be the age of... She's can, also you know, technically... She only, it's, it's, I think it's one of those things where you've also always had your kind of your guide, you know, your spiritual guide, so you've never really been oh, alone. Yeah. That's, that's just yeah. part of being an Asmar. Is she, she has an angel that watches over her yeah. mm -hmm. well that's the thing is like she wasn't really like almost like a i don't know a, a lost child like tempest or canina in a sense as much as like you you were probably very like a lone wolf but you also always had your spiritual guide in a sense so yeah. you were never really alone yeah but she didn't grow up she grew up at home she went to the monastery when she's like a preteen well i know but i'm just saying like to me I, I, the whole thing was like it, I think in the la in his last arc, we've kind of discovered why each person either left or was driven to do an adventure. Like, I mean, because if you listen all the way back to the beginning, Rim shows up at the Adventurer's Guild, like, and is like, I hear this is an Adventurer's Guild. They're like, here, what do you want? And he's like, I'm here to, to do stuff. And then, like, that was, like, it. But nobody knows why. You know, Kanina shows up on a metal boat saying, good thing I didn't burn the boat down, and <laughs> runs the Adventurer's Guild. <laughs> which which is pretty much very very uh suitable because her big thing was like she came from a small town who did ostracize her for being a tiefling and also you know having her pyromaniac Firebound. abilities yeah, and, then, and then you appeared out of the mist on a rowboat like a guy rode you up and was like well you're here later and that was because you had had your vision or whatever which drove you to uh riven to go there mm -hmm. so like I, I think i was just gonna say like these last then or this last arc yes yeah. <laughs> Get off the damn boat! Okay. This last yeah. arc has kind of shown <laughs> more reasons, or, or at least hinted at why everybody's left. Mm -hmm. um, Tempest, we know why she left, because Kanina grabbed her wrist and never let go. <laughs> In this sense, I almost feel like, I don't really feel like Kanina had much to do with bringing Tempest along as much as Rem did and Ariel, you know, because Ariel connect with her in a oh, we were from the same place when we were young kind of Just thing. Never and then, saw each other. And then on a more emotional level where you both had, you know, bad dreams. and You weren't blue then. Yes. So, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so on, on a, in, in a way, I don't feel like Kanina has really connected with Tempest all that much as of yet. Yeah. So it's like, it's something I hope as a player to fix in the future, but it's something that will be interesting. It's Kanina's ultimate goal is to be everyone's best friend pretty much but yes can i'm gonna change the way the world looks at tieflings <laughs> well i don't think she has any like kind of self-righteous goal as much as that as much as that 
she is very cheerfully optimistic, almost in a sense where she's almost defiant to the point where she doesn't want to fit into that whole. Well, it, it, to me, it's just so weird as being that she was ostracized. It's like, I almost feel like it's her defense mechanism is to be so friendly that people can't not be nice to yeah. her. Because for her being a child, she wouldn't understand why people were being so mean to her. It's just like, I can't help the way I am. Why won't you be my friend? Be my friend! <laughs> you don't have a choice in this matter. <laughs> so it's, it's just like... In a sense, because of the way that that is, Kenny almost reminds me of the, like, four-year-old that grabs onto your arm and is just like, I'm never letting go. Yeah. <laughs> get off, get off! <laughs> no, no! The, the four-year-old that latches on to you and is just like... You're my best friend now. <laughs> You're a new daddy. <laughs> Rim's nightmare. So there, there's two like big things that I want to, to do our group discussion on before we wrap up tonight. And one is the serious shit that was learned in the library. Like that is like I've, I've even talked All about it on Twitter names? a little bit. Like that's some of the, the biggest like overarching plot stuff that you guys have found since like you learned a little bit more about little bit about at least how Doiton fits into things which was the original goal <laughs> yeah well I mean like that's what we were leaving the guild with they yeah. were supposed to be doing research I'm kind of curious what what the the thoughts from the party are in regards to like the things that they found out in the library well, Rim was, I mean, he came in late and was basically just translating. But, like, he learned that there was, there's there's a larger backstory involving dragons than he's ever known. Like, he's never really looked into dragon lore before. And now he's like, well, they've got, was it like eight names? I think it's ten. Ten names of dragons and colors, which, again, he doesn't, I, I as a player know that there's differences. But him, he's just like, okay, so there's a rainbow of dragons and some of them are sparkly. I don't get it. <laughs> I, as a player, was very delighted to find the crossover that was there <laughs> in the sense that one of the names of a certain dragon actually is very relevant to Chalul. Too bad he's not here. Wow, that's cool. Yes. So <laughs> it, it was it was very interesting to uh, find that. And I was just like, that name, I recognize that name. Because <laughs> this is a name dragons. that, yeah, this is a name that is very important to one of my other characters. So, But he doesn't know about it. <gasps> he's got to visit the dwarf city. He's going to the wrong place. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I mean, technically, technically going the right way. Yes, but, but yeah, I uh, yeah, it, it was interesting. I was actually glad because I remember wanting to go to the library of the dwarves because I knew, um, I guess that the dwarves were like an ancient race, so it was more one of those things like they must have books on old stuff. <laughs> Ooh, that brings that brings a question to mind for me. That's it's like story driven. What is, like, your creation story for dwarves? What do you mean? Like, so, you know, you look at standard D&D and stuff, and theirs is that the dwarves literally sprung up from rock. Like, they didn't have, like, a... Um, my, like, my whole take on Aurelia is essentially that all the races were created by the gods. Okay. Like, any like, specific god? Like... This god made dwarves. Well, and... kind of like there's there's Dunatus is the is keyly responsible for the dwarves, but then you guys got a little bit of that story in the library that Goibnu, who is the god of um, smithing and healing, 
um, bestowed into the dwarves as well, which is where they get their lore-wise, that's where they get their extra constitution from and their crafting abilities. Okay. I'm sure I'll ask you more of those questions, like elves and things, but Elves I just, are partially created with uh, um, Iran, and I think Sylvanus is the other name. This is like, because like, that was always the thing, like, I've always, everybody's got their own kind of like creation stories for races. And like, so I was wondering what yours was for the dwarves, because they're an ancient race, so. And they're, var- they're, always, they're always portrayed as having a very strong drive for history. Stone tablets in a library. The library episode is also the episode where Ariel kind of put two and two together, finally, with learning about um, <laughs> the red dragon in Nina's dream that Nina shared with her and the Doiton symbol on the cloth. And then the dream that she had herself. And then, she, yeah, the dream that she had herself. Yeah, she's. Uh, leaning towards the side that she's going to murder Nina. <laughs> no, that um, holy crucifixion <laughs> dragons aren't just a myth that they did live. Um, and uh, she's very worried because it's weird to her that um, Nina had a dream. And then she had a dream, and the the symbol, and then the Rim had a dream. They don't share. And then the angel, you know, telling her that there's a great evil, and so she's kind of just, yeah, it. They can't be just myth. They have to be something. Yeah, because Nina came from a background where she wasn't, you know, very religious. She didn't really have anybody to, like, introduce religion into her life as much as, you know, you did, essentially. So, in in a way, like, uh, coming across you and seeing, you know, that you have these greater beings that you're in contact with, you know, and so it's like, and, you know, she's, she trusts you, you know, to, like, a good degree because trust trust that she's not just a crazy schizophrenic (laughs) (laughs) yeah so it's it's to the point where it's just like she'll believe what you say and she's also like i guess looking for guidance in a way of her own so that's why she is very open about sharing her dreams with you and um trusting that you have some good advice to give about what kind of dreams what these kind of dreams mean so it's just like she she was very much lost about seeing these things because i doubt she's had dreams that were vivid to this degree before especially about such uh like almost horrible things in a sense like i'm sure she's had nightmares but these i'm in particular were pretty intense so she ariel's very much um wanting to learn as much as she can when they get back about the axe i think and um how it can be wielded safely Mm mm-hmm And then, I mean, I don't know if there's really too much for you guys to comment on, but I'm just curious the, the thoughts as we got into that that final episode as you guys met the king and ultimately discovered what this quest that you guys have been on was going to lead to. Like, I was, I was talking to a, um, 
one of our listeners and someone that I talked to quite a bit about how it's interesting that essentially the whole like arc that you guys have been on with this these items kind of reached its apex and conclusion all within about an hour and a half where you guys discovered like what these were and that's kind of the end of the line for them. I mean, in, in Rim's mind, even though that it's like, you know, the, the the questions they originally had were answered, it opened up a lot of new questions for him. Like, you know, where where did these uh, this these dwarven couple go and all that stuff? How did they run into this kobold goblin? Because he's still trying to figure out how a giant army of kobolds and goblins just kind of like slept or swept up under the noses of people and nobody noticed it until a major attack. One of the things um, like this was eons ago in one of the last episodes, but Nina had, you know, specifically noted how much uh, the ins like inscription on the bracelet had touched her on an emotional level and that she was just like very much wanting to find who this belonged to and return it to, you know, someone who would appreciate its significance he's a hopeless yeah, to, romantic to the to the extent that i think chris out of game brought up to you one day was like have you ever thought of that thing's enchanted with a love spell because <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that was also when all the barren stuff was happening yeah <laughs> but yeah so it was, it was one of those things that it was a quest that kinina kind of wanted to see you know sought through to the end and so now that it's been returned and it she actually did find out the significance behind it all uh i guess she's over and done with with that whole thing but she, you know she she has her thoughts and her questions about it but as far as she's concerned she has done the right thing and fulfilled her role as you know an adventurers guild member for that specific item so at this point she's ready to move on to the next adventure and fulfill her next uh next <laughs> I think Ariel found it sad but she's got her own agenda and so the whole time she's like well that sucks and <laughs> back to dragons and swords or axes and like that's that's her mind right like now Ariel and Tempest are really gonna get along in the end because Tempest is all about the adventure and Ariel is like yep it's done can we get back to the big shit with the dragons <laughs> now yeah <laughs> Well, she's got admission. The Ariel left her her little shelter of her little home with her books to do this thing for the angel that and and, and stuff. And she's now we're to going to return some lockets. It's like, come on, this is not why I'm here. <laughs> and then you get told by your god, yeah, that's what you're doing. Mm -hmm. no, oh, no, no, the god was like, no, you got time. Go ahead and go with them. <laughs> Maybe for a reason, because that's what you're supposed to do. You uncover more knowledge that way by Well, that's why Ariel's sideways. like, you guys go do that stuff with your jewelry. I'm going to the library to I'm actually read, read about dragons. Yeah, I'm going to go. She can't. <laughs> well, on that note. She didn't think about it. She was just like, I'm going to go see books. Well, not the book. <laughs> ah, shit. <laughs> well, on that note, it was it was actually Kanina who did bring up the whole library thing to begin with. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> it was kind of funny, though, because in the actual episode... It was like, yeah, we need to bring Rem with us to the library because he reads Dwarven. Get to the library and the jeweler. 
Yeah, I'm and then go Rem to the fucks off. gonna go to the jeweler. <laughs> I never really wanted to go to the jeweler as a player. It's just like I saw the point. I guess um, like Kanina usually follows in a sense what Rem says because she knows he has Winston to offer about that kind of stuff. But me as a player, I was just like, let's just get our research done, go see the king, and get out. <laughs> it was kind of funny though because Rem had a very good point of. Well, we can't just, we, we don't know if this is worth anything to walk into the king. We have someone look at it first. I also thought it was funny that, like, it never really got pointed out by any of you guys as you went through. But everyone that you talk to, you're just like, we have these dwarven artifacts. Like, you should go see the king. Yeah. And, yeah. like, no one questioned all of these people. They're just like, why, in the back of my mind, like, I was like, why the hell is everybody trying to send us to the king? Part of that is the DM going, hey, you guys should go see the king. Yeah. 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 And that's, and that's like, in my head, I think I was like, he's trying to push the thing along. But, like, as far as, like, Rim goes, like, if he, because that was, like, I, like, you were saying you didn't want to make it where it was like, yeah, that's a $5 trinket you can buy at the, the gift shop. Rim didn't want to walk into the king and be like, here's this. What is it? And the, and the king would be like, that's a $5 trinket you can buy at the store. <laughs> see, and what's, what's difficult, too, is all these people, like, without really knowing anything, it's like, oh, you said you have artifacts? Go to the king. Because that's just. Yeah, and I mean, like, as a player, I guess I should have asked, like, why is the king so interested in artifacts? Like, But I'm also curious if you hadn't made the choice to go to the jeweler first, if you guys got to the king's pavilion, if I would just be like, the fuck are you? Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, because you gave us a letter to get in. Like, But ultimately, I guess one of the things I'm wondering about is is maybe, maybe aside from character thoughts in regards to the fact that it had nothing to do with the story you want. Everyone feel fulfilled about what this became, considering it was yeah. a quest that you guys chose off of some items that I randomly rolled on a loot table two <laughs> years ago. Hey, we got free stuff. <laughs> Tempest doesn't know. <laughs> but I just—it's—it was one of those things that I rolled random loot forever ago in the like the very the the lost arc of this whole. I was actually series. thinking about that when I was listening to the last episode that was posted. I actually was like, Damien made an entire series based on that loot. <laughs> yeah, well, but to me, like, the whole thing is Rim hasn't been very concentrating on the fact that it was the loot or the returning of the locket. His entire drive was, you know, like, is this going to lead to a discovery of a bigger problem with goblins and kobolds? I mean, that's literally been his drive, is he's like, giant army of goblins and kobolds, they have dwarven stuff, and we kind of know that there's dwarven tunnels everywhere. Is there something going on? Is there some sort of link? Do the dwarves know about this? Are they driving the kobolds and uh, goblins down and out to towards a different city? Like, so his idea, is, his question has always been, you know, like, is this evidence of dwarven influence going to lead to something else, to some other thing? It didn't, and so now it's answered his question of, oh, these are just two random doors that ran away, most likely died. Uh, but, you know, he was he was like he was afraid that he's gonna be like, hey, look at this stuff we found that have dwarves on it, and then have like the dwarven king be like, oh yeah, we've been losing lots of people down in the tunnels. Like that was what his fear was. That was something I definitely thought about um, a little bit later on, but I will say, um, coming from like a player's standpoint. Your first mistake was putting that much detail onto an inscription on a bracelet. <laughs> You're talking to the lore junkie, so of course I'm going to be like, 
What the mm -hmm. heck is the story behind that? <laughs> yes, yes I, I, I've learned that fact DMing this group too. Not to talk about the holes in the oh. rock. <laughs> so, so coming from a player standpoint, um, I very much wanted to see your take on the Dwarven society as a whole. That was a big drive for going, let's go see the dwarves. So that was something I pushed for as a player into my character. So I was just like, let's go see what this means and go visit them. So that was definitely something I did kind of as a player wanting to see more of your take on the backstory of the dwarves in your like world you've created. On that note too, it was also uh, at the time we, Krista and I specifically had been talking about doing a boat trip. <laughs> <laughs> so we wanted to be on a ship. <laughs> and, uh, I've got a little bit of that boat life. Yep. Yes. So we, we get was, to look forward to more. <laughs> that's, I, I guess I've learned now that basically the best way to create a story hook for this group is just to give a random item too much in description. <laughs> yes. Yes. I want them to go do this. I need to find some small trinket I can give them. That you guys has find more. a rock. But it's a painted rock. <laughs> oh. Painted it. I just visualized a rock with like painted horse style. <laughs> I had like a little kid's like blue rock with a white flat cloud on it. <laughs> I was thinking the bird. I was thinking but that it's rock marking that you should be like being hmm? like a painted horse. The rock you're a person. The Hobbit oh. rock. Yes, the Hobbit rock. I don't know where it is. That rock. Oh, it's on your desk. That's yeah. why I can't <laughs> see it. That rock. But in my defense to Chris. You called me out for not describing enough of the village that you guys walk through. Oh, well, no, I'm, I, 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 I totally understand. But I'm just saying, like, the difference is, is, like, you gave us a small item and we're like, you find a bracelet made of onyx that has an inscription inside. And you find a uh, stone locket when, when you open it has a painted dwarven woman inside. So mine wasn't as descriptive. <laughs> And then you, you're like, like, she's like, what does it say? And you're like, do you read Dwarven? And she's like, yes. And you're like, no. Uh. <laughs> and then you like translate it out like this beautiful poem. And it's like, obviously, I didn't even know if they were linked. But I was like, <laughs> obviously, this is like a love note. Mm -hmm. But I mean, like not describing the city. That was just me as a character being like, you know, I walked in and, I, and we met like three people. And like, the, like to me, there was no other noise in the village. It's not like you hear the blacksmith or you smell coal or anything like that. I just felt like, like we walked in and it was like yeah so that that was one of the biggest things that kind of launched that whole side adventure we had <laughs> was it's not over yet there's gnolls yes there is not over quite yet but that was kind of what started the whole thing especially for me as a player and then later on to influence my character was i got very much attracted to the side lore <laughs> so well the <laughs> side lore is leading to more side lore hey that's how these go krista <laughs> Huh. Was your, uh, or sorry, Ariel's uh, fear of heights a random decision? I think Chris. I is think just so. Of heights. I don't know. No, I'm actually not. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, you just like all of a sudden you were just, like terrified of heights, and I was like, where did that come from? Well, I had been listening to podcasts where I noticed that a lot of characters had like a flaw. Yeah, just something about them, and I really wanted Ariel to have something and not just be this perfect angel girl i did yeah. find it like ironically amusing especially since you're going to have to fly eventually when you discover that you can so it's just like how are you going I to overcome that fear well, well I that's what i want i that's i'm i'm excited as a player for that moment um but i think it it was it happened like right then and there i was like she's terrified ariel has been in you know 
I don't know if she climbed trees as a kid, but she's been since a preteen, basically hanging out at the monastery, mostly in her They're room. Yeah, and so she hasn't really been outdoors I'm and adventuring. Like, and when she does discover she can fly, like, is it going to be like a it, like, you know, it's a spontaneous event that because she's so afraid of falling that she flies. But is she going to like it? Like, is it going to be like, I want to fly again? Or is it going to be like, that was terrifying. I don't ever want don't that know. to happen again. But it's like a parachute. She just never can really fall. I don't I don't want to say what's going <laughs> to happen. Not, just because I don't like, actually in my head, know. That's kind of like the, the duality. And I don't want to say something now and then it end up being completely different. And our, oh, yeah. our listeners are being like, but you said. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't care what I said. <laughs> um, my favorite thing about that is is. is the lore for the Stone Hills Monastery is it's built on the side of a mountain. That's what I was wondering. Maybe that's why Stone she's terrified Hill. of heights. <laughs> Maybe she's like she got too close to a window one time and watched something fall. I didn't know the I don't or know maybe, the lore maybe, behind the monastery, so I wouldn't know that. Maybe people that had been as a as like the traumatized by events that came to the monastery and still just couldn't take it jumped. I had wondered if uh, it if it was on the side of a mountain because I felt like I felt like somehow I knew that it was, but I was just like. Wasn't your monastery high up on a mountain somewhere? <laughs> Is there lore somewhere that I need to read? Nope. How would you know? <laughs> nope. I remember hearing something about it mentioned when we were describing it a, a while ago. Oh. Or, or it could have just been the name. It could have been the name for all I know. But Or it could just be like some sort of classical thing in my head about monsters being There's high up. That a lot of that's a mix for me is, you know, things I've seen in movies, plus the name Stone Hills. Well, I do imagine, like it being like up on a mountain or something but like not i never thought of it like on an edge of a click cliff or anything i don't know it was just one of those things that monasteries on mountains is a classical thing so it's just like that was first what came kind of came first well when i mind. wrote her backstory that's went through, that went through my mind is like the classic up a mountain I'm wondering how many other characters have some sort of secret backstory with Damien because of all the stuff he's put in <laughs> I know at least a couple. <laughs> like, because, like, we're sitting there and we get these long, like, dream sequences. It's like, what is this leading towards? It is interesting. Kind a of great evil. Well, I, I, you <laughs> guys have ancient noticed, but I've evil. definitely had a couple of things that, that Damien has put into the story. And I'm like, wait a second. Mm-hmm. No, I, I try and put little bits into the stories because it's like, yep, Chris, that's for you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't think anyone else caught it, but you know enough oh, it, enough background to know yeah. th to know that that it was literally. For you. I was doing something else at one point in time. And he said something. I was like, "Wait, what?" <laughs> it's one of those things. Like, I am glad he's incorporating bits and pieces of our background. Like, he incorporated some of the background that I had written for my character in some of my dreams. You know, like some of the faces I recognized from my small village, mm -hmm. my small nameless village in the middle of nowhere. But it was it's nameless. It's not Nina Town. Yes, it's Nina Town. <laughs> it is now. <laughs> yeah. But uh, no, it's, it's like one of those things like I almost wish I'd, as a player, I, I kind of wish I had taken the time to interact with more of the people in my dream. Not that they would have maybe interacted back, but it's one of those things where I saw the dragon. I was like, go after the dragon. <laughs> so. And then it goes anime and every person that Nina tries to talk to looks at her and just has a white blank face. Yes. <laughs> if we put our uh, dreams together, mm -hmm. you finally caught up to the dragon because <laughs> you're writing it. <laughs> okay. I had a very Hellboyish like image when that happened, like when she was having her dream. Like it's like the dream sequence of Hellboy had, where he's like the Lord of Hell. Finally, <laughs> I was just like, 
So Nina's going to be evil. Right. Not necessarily. Her red skins and then she has the giant horns that have grown in. <laughs> With a flaming little crown between them. <laughs> Who knows? It could be that the great evil is something else and the dragon actually becomes like helpful and she's riding it and it's... You never, never know. know. Maybe your monastery is evil. evil. Your monastery is evil and I'm smiting it for the greater good. <laughs> That's true. Turns out only the white dragon was evil. <laughs> Because it's okay. always the white one that's evil. Is there any, like, one last question from anyone? I didn't. I mean, like, considering we got a lot of stuff answered in-game, I don't have a whole lot of questions. Yeah. I tell this. I think I do. <laughs> it's not super important. It was one I just <laughs> thought of earlier, but... Um, I guess I'm kind of curious about what if we had detoured to the Undercity? <laughs> like, if we decided to go down into the depths and explore all that. You would further delay your return to the city of Riven. <laughs> yes. Yes. Potentially things could happen with the whole Grim Fang issue while you guys are gone. And just time would pass while you guys explore another area. Alright. Just curious. It was definitely one of those things that didn't seem necessary. It was just a distraction. Yeah, it, wasn't, it didn't seem like one of those just things. part of the world. Yeah. It, well, again, when it's one of those things that kind of like it's where we'll come back when we're level 15. Yeah. It's one of those things that, you know, I know that there's a lot that goes on right now because you don't have a clock, really. Yeah. But level you're, 15. You're, you're, you're starting to hit a clock. Yeah, when you're 40. Mm. It's only five years. Yeah. It, it was one of those things that was just like, I'm very curious about, that, about what is down there, <laughs> but yeah. It's just more of the city. All right. It'd be like traveling in a smaller scale. It's like the traveling that you did in Mia Vet to the commons. I, I, guess, I guess in a sense, I was just more wondering if there was any like secrets or anything we missed by not going down there. I, I understand like story-wise, it was very much just another needless detour, but it was also one of those things I'm curious. This is like, is there any hidden things down there? Nothing specifically planned at this moment. All right. But, yeah. Largely because you didn't choose to go down there. Yes. yes if yes, you yes. guys had chosen to go down there, I'm sure I would have a different answer for you. <laughs> but, yeah. But yeah. Because I find it works easiest to only build the stuff that you guys are currently pointing at. Because <laughs> if I try and build something else, then you guys go, yeah, let's go left instead. <laughs> <laughs> we do that all the time. Yeah. Not on purpose, mind you, but it is something that does tend to happen with our group. Okay. So, thank you you guys for listening um there's not going to be music for this just a little bit of background audio from tim at tabletopaudio.com who we thank for the campfire sounds that i like to put underneath these night watches to make you feel like we are sitting around oh, a campfire you're, you're ruining it everybody else thought we had a fire <laughs> it made the same crackly pop noise every 10 minutes I go for a campfire <laughs>